Thanks so much for tuning in to the Leesburg Daily, a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at least for the summer uh, podcast, where we dive into scripture, study it together, and then we apply it to our lives. Today we continue in 1 Timothy, where we've been for some time now. Uh, We've been looking at this letter that Paul writes to Timothy, this young pastor at the church in Ephesus. And today we get to a section in chapter 3 where... Uh, you know, it's been argued that uh, everything in this letter is so practical when it comes to ministry. And we've just finished talking about qualifications of elders and deacons and deaconesses and the role of women and, and all this is very practical. It, really throughout this entire book, you don't have a lot of high theology. Uh, but in this section, however, it is... Uh, it could be argued that that this is the high doctrinal point of the epistle, like this is the the, the highest we we get, and 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 so we have to remember that as Christians, truthfully, our our, our practice, what the practical things we do is is always closely tied to our doctrinal reasoning. That we we don't always. Uh, get that or understand that on the front end, but but it's certainly true. Consider it for for just a moment. Uh, what we do is is forced or is made possible because of what we believe. Our actions are results of our beliefs. I mean, that's a kind of a challenging thing to consider. Our actions are a, are a result of what we believe. Why is that? Well, because if we believe certain things, we we would certainly not do or or do certain things as a result. So so it's not always clear what one believes be, what one believes, uh, but it's certainly clear what one does. And 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 as Jesus says, we can often judge a we we should judge a tree by its fruit by what it produces, by what it does. It's a challenging thing to consider today because this is, um, it, we live in such a time where where everyone claims the name of Christ or many claim the name of Christ. Now, listen, we understand, I understand that that is decreasing. In fact, I saw a study just uh, just yesterday uh, that, uh, that, that argues that. Well, we'd like to believe that that. Christianity is on the incre- on the increase. It's probably not. And then we have to ask ourselves kind of some self assessment. Have you ever noticed self assessment is often very hard to be really accurate about oneself and really consider what's going on in our lives? It's it's kind of tough to do at times. And the same is true when thinking about our churches. Yesterday in my inbox, I I received a. Um, a um, oh, what do you call this? A survey, uh, and the data from a survey about how it, the whole idea was self the self awareness gap, and what they wanted to show was the gap between how non Christian people saw the church versus how people who attend church see it, and they discovered that not only is it self awareness is there a self awareness gap, but there's also a generational gap. <laughs> well, this is. Essentially, here it is. The younger you are and the more unchurched you are, the less favor- favorably you see the church. And the older you are and the more churched you are, the more favor- favorably you see the church. 
I, the, the data was accumulated over over several years, and now we have this idea, this picture, according to this data, of what unchurched people think about the church. Only 21% of non-Christian people have a positive perception of the local church. I mean, that's kind of a, a, a baffling thing. Half of non-Christian Americans don't trust local pastors. And we have to say, well, why is that? Why is that? Well, I'm sure there's plenty of reasons for it, deserved or not. And millennials think the local church is de- detached from the real issues people are facing. Now, now this is this is kind of my honey hole here. I really liked that section of the data. Millennials think that the local church is detached from the real issues people are facing. Well, that might be true, but the question is, what real issues are being faced? (laughs) You see, I'm convinced, and I'm concerned about this because I'm a millennial. I I think many people think that they're uh, facing issues, and, and what's happening is that they're making issues to face they say that uh, this on the survey that the church is irrelevant to me. It's it's hypocritical. It's known for the things they're against. They're detached from real issues the community is facing. They're judgmental. I'm thinking, well, well, what what issues matter? I I mean, here's a great case in point. Earlier this year, the song "WAP" by Cardi B is. Is promoted as as a as a prime time. I don't know if it was song of the year or what. I can't remember. I, it's a gruesome song. It's a terrible song. You know, objectifying a woman's body, uh, uh, just vulgar, vulgar, vulgar. And that's hailed as women's liberation. And then Matthew West, Christian musician, uh, writes a parody song called "Modest Is Hottest," and they tear. The, the, it, it ends up being removed from the internet, and he and he caves to the presses or the the, the masses. And like, well, what you got a song that's saying, "Hey, modest is hottest," and it's kind of a joke, father to daughter, you know, wear turtleneck and reasonable slacks, and and that's seen as oppressive and bad. And WAP is considered good. Holy cow! What type of a crazy world do we live in? It's certainly clear that what we believe does, in fact, push our behavior. And so while it's hard to see uh, our, um, our beliefs, we can definitely see our behaviors. And so we come back then to chapter 3, verses 14 through 16, perhaps the high doctrinal point of this epistle. In verse 14, Paul writes, I'm writing these things to you, hoping to come to you before long. But the question then we should ask is, well, why, why, why didn't he do that already? Why, why didn't the apostle give Timothy the necessary instructions before leaving him at Ephesus? Now, there's a lot of speculation about this. Now, it might appear, on one hand, that Paul lacked sufficient foresight to prepare this young man for ministry, or, or on the other hand, uh, that he needed to give elementary instructions in view of Timothy's immaturity, but I don't think either of those really uh, uh, hold water. Uh, However, if we assume that there's a semi-official character of the the letters, meaning that this isn't just a private um, 
a private letter to Timothy, but rather an oral letter that would be presented to the churches as a whole. Then, then this elementary teaching might be very familiar for Timothy uh, and be more informative and, and give more um, uh, credence to Timothy as the leader and um, uh, preparing the church to continue to follow his leadership, if that makes sense. And, and, and so I, I, I don't think that Timothy being the, the, the close uh, companion of Paul that he was, that he would have been this this uh, novice in church leadership. Uh, instead, I believe that this is more instructing the church, those who are hearing Timothy, to receive Timothy, to to um, to kind of uh, buttress his authority within the church. And, and so Paul says, "Hey, I hope to come see you, but in case I'm delayed, I write." And here's, here's why I'm writing, so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and support of truth. I'm, I'm writing these, these things to you so you know how to live, how to behave um, within the church, within the church of God. This is how... Things happen within the church, and that's why I'm, I'm writing to you. God's household here, he says, the church is the household of God. And, and what he's talking about here is, um, look there, uh, in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar of support and truth. Well, so the question that then should be asked is, is the church globally or the church independently in Ephesus? And I think both, and and I think both in that. I mean, I think our church here at Leesburg is is the household of God, and it's the church of the living God, the pillar and the support of truth, the pillar and the support of truth. Now, the phrase "the pillar and the support of the truth" uh, can cause some difficulties because it appears to give greater to the church than to the truth. The uniform New Testament teaching um, is that the church is grounded on the truth, not vice versa. The truth isn't grounded on the church. And so to to avoid that, we've got to read that very carefully. And I think the ESV does a good job of doing that. The church is found finds its foundation in the truth. See, without the truth, the church has really nothing to offer. Without the truth, the church has nothing to offer its community. He finishes section up after saying, "This is how you are conducting conduct life within the household of God, which is built on that truth." Well, then he lays out some of that truth, and what's about to follow in verse sixteen is a historic creed or hymn that that apparently was uh, well known. At this point, it's it's a hymn that would have been known within the Christians. It's lost its beauty, really, in the English, uh, but in the Greek, there's a beauty to the way this is written. This this hymn, this song, this poem. <coughs> Excuse me. Verse sixteen. Let's read it together. But by common confession, 
great is the mystery of godliness. He who was revealed in the flesh was vindicated by in the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up in glory. Well, of course, this hymn is speaking of Jesus. The, the mystery of godliness, Paul says there. He is revealed in the flesh. As John says in chapter 1, God put on flesh and made his dwelling among us. He was vindicated in the spirit. Well, uh, uh, there are a couple different ways that one could understand that. But I think the simplest way uh, is the vindication of the spirit on his baptism. And as he went throughout his life being led by the spirit, he was seen by angels. Certainly we know that's true. Proclaimed among the nations. Well, yeah, in Matthew 28, after the resurrection, he says, now I'm sending you, and the gospel is now being spread around the world and believed on in the world. Yeah, people are everywhere that the gospel is, 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 is spoken, new believers come to faith. He, he also has in here, taken up in glory. And absolutely, they're talking about the, 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 the ascension. What's interesting, however, is what is not mentioned in this hymn. What's not mentioned? Well, there's nothing about the death or the resurrection of Christ mentioned. And it's surprising that it's not. It, certainly, I believe if Paul were writing this hymn, it would have been mentioned, but, but Paul's not writing this hymn. This doesn't seem to be Paul's work here. He's citing a current hymn and, and citing only part of it. And so it's at least possible that the part not cited contained those great truths. But the part previously can hardly represent the com- a, a complete Christian creed. But it's not, in, you know, it's not, it, it's clearly carrying the doctrine um, of the cross and it's assumed. Um while it doesn't mention the cross in that signing, again, that's just a part of the hymn that would have been cited here. So you want to cite part without assuming the whole. And I guess that's the point there. Overall, today, what we see is we see a very high doctrinal point written in the end of chapter 3, where, where Paul is emphasizing what you believe matters. As a church, the way we conduct our lives matters because it is an image to the world. And as we talked about, uh, we live in a day, a day and an age now where, where the church is not believed. The church isn't seen in a good uh, reputation around the world because often because of the truths that we stand for. Because of the truths, we live in a world now where if you call sin, sin, that's hate speech. We've got to be very careful moving forward as Christ followers, to hold fast to truth. One of the things that stood out to me in our bold men's group um, Sunday, I'm sorry, Monday night, uh, was we were looking at the early church and how opposition started to rise for them. And Peter and John are arrested and they are uh, taken before the council and they're put on, you know, kind of threatened, don't speak anymore don't talk about Jesus anymore, don't speak about this resurrection anymore. And, um, 
and and, and, and so they are they're persecuted more and more. And of course, the the disciples they say, hey, uh, Peter and John, they said, look, we, we we can't not speak of uh, of of what we've seen, of what we've heard. When it gets to chapter four, verse. Um, uh, well, I guess verse 23 on, uh, the, the disciples gather together. They, they gather together and they start to pray. And look at verse 29 of Acts chapter 4. He says, And now, Lord, take note of their threats and watch what they pray for. Grant that your bold, that, that, uh, take note of their threats and grant that your bold servants may speak your words in all confidence. While you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They, they said, God, take note of these threats against us. Take note of the opposition that we face. Uh, but Lord, we ask for boldness to continue to preach your name. How backward is that? I mean, that's stood out to me all week. How backward is that? So often we pray for the opposition to cease, for the, the friction to stop, and they said, no, God, give us boldness. Maybe we need to be bold today. Maybe we need to be asking the Lord for boldness to stand on this truth, this pillar uh, of, of who Christ is and what he has done, and may it drive us as we conduct ourselves the way God would have us do within the church. Well, that's uh, uh, Timothy chapter 3. Uh, join me again Friday morning as we dive into our next section. Uh, I, guess, I suppose it'll be chapter 4. Uh, God bless. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to the Leesburg Daily. <laughs>